Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. On today's episode, we're talking with one of our very favorite people on the planet and in our town. Um, We're talking about singer-songwriter and worship leader, Christy Knuckles. Yeah, Christy's awesome. Her and her husband, Nathan, they toured nationwide as a Christian music duo, Watermark. So that may sound familiar for most people out there. Uh, They were also part of the passion movement for 20 years. And a little known fact, Christy (laughs) has a pretty cool talent that you guys are going to have to listen in to hear about in the show today. Yeah, this is such a rich, rich episode. Christy shares with us the practice that has changed her life most, which is learning to live from a place of rest. And as we'll share in today's episode, I listened to this book, her new book called The Life You Long For on our road trip. It was like a 12-hour road trip. I started when we left and I finished when we got there and it was just incredible. I looked over, you're (laughs) laughing, you're crying, you're taking notes. It was really great, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So it was really wonderful to sit down with Christy and get to hear her heart behind it and the journey that God's led her through um, to this place of rest and living from that place of rest. In our time today, we chat with Christy about what it's like to let go of the hustle and find our true identity in God's heart, how to let him set the pace for our life and how to truly live from a place of rest as his beloved we've got to protect our ability to live from God. We've got to protect our ability to endure in these days. And I believe that it starts with understanding more of who we really are and that it starts with being the beloved of God and understanding that we're loved sons and daughters and that so much is made to spill over from that understanding and that place of abundance and to live from that. All right, y'all, we'll pull up a chair. Join us. This is a really fun one. Listen in. All right, well, Christy, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me. I know, this is awesome. It's weird because we were just talking about before we jumped on the show that we live like 10 minutes from each other, but today we're actually across the world. We're in Texas and you're in Tennessee, um, but we're glad we made, we finally made it happen. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, well, you know what? It's it's pretty cool. You got this new book that you've written, and we're excited to jump into that. But first, I just want to say, you know, thanks for being such a good friend to my wife. She's really enjoyed getting to spend time with you and hear your heart. And mm-hmm. it's just been neat to kind of watch the journey that God's done in you and in your family for years. I mean, a lot of it's been really public, and we'll spend a little time talking about that, and then we'll jump into the book. So I guess to kind of get this whole party started, let's dive into mm-hmm. your story and the story of Watermark and how in the world you guys ended up in Nashville. And then we'll jump into this brand new project you just wrote. Yeah, well, so Nathan and I, my husband, um, we have been in music for 25 years, really our entire marriage. And um, the book really begins with me telling about, you know, young motherhood. That was like the sort of um, entry point for me in honestly um, really learning to walk with God, but I think more than even just walking with him, like living from him. So I think, you know, we've been doing ministry 
our whole marriage, as I said, but I was also raised in a pastor's home. I've been in, you know, ministry home my whole life. And all I've known is church really. And since I was little, I remember Jesus. And so he's been a part of my life. I came to know him at the age of seven. So really young. And, but when I hit my, you know, early thirties, when I was um, having babies and we were still, you know, hitting it pretty hard, on the road as, as watermark, we were, you know, Christian music duo. (laughs) Um, we were touring and, uh, had, you know, kids in tow, which you can do that when they're little, you know, you can kind of just strap them on for the, the journey. But I really, um, kind of hit a wall during that. And I think God allowed me to, because of, uh, the pace that, you know, I was keeping, I couldn't do it all. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was a real huge pause in my journey. When I look back on it now, you know, 15 plus years later, uh, that God sort of interrupted my life in in the best way to learn what it looks like to really still endure faithfully from a place of, of rest now. And so, yeah, um, it's been a really fun journey. We wouldn't trade any of it. I will say this too. It's like we were doing all good things, you know, um, before the Lord sort of paused my, my journey, but yeah, we ended up, you know, we've done church planting in our 25 years together, you know, spending seven years actually in Atlanta for a time. And then, you know, of course, like touring and which is what ultimately led us, uh, you know, to live out of Nashville because this is our industry. This is, you know, the music industry and it's always um, made the most sense for us to live here. And that was sort of the first part of us living here from like 99 to 08. It was kind of like, oh, this is where we need to be because this is our industry. But after those seven years in Atlanta, we really felt called actually to come back to Franklin. And so we, this is sort of our second time of living in Franklin. And I love tour, to say that. second tour for, for staying with the music thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I love to say that God really called us back here, I think, just in a different framework, like in a really beautiful way to live, I think, to continue to live from the rest that he was teaching me to live in. And, and so now it's not so much that we have to be here, but it's that we've loved it and we really want to be here. So that's awesome. I, I want to go back for a second to um, the part of your story where you know you're you're doing well, you're living in Nashville, you've got this incredible career. You're you know you guys are are really found a lot of fruit and a lot of success with the band Watermark, and you're touring. And from every you know everyone looking on, it probably looked like the sky was the limit, everything's going well, but God really started to wrestle something in your heart um, about coming off the road. Will you talk a little bit more in detail about that journey and how God really made that clear and kind of the results on the other side of making that decision? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, because I was raised in a ministry home, um, you know, it was just, I don't know if it was that I was stuck in what I thought was expected of me, or if it was just that, you know, God gave me these gifts and I'm going to use these gifts for his glory. And I think we all can relate to that. You know, that we look at our skill set, we look at the gifts that he's given us and we want to please him. We want to, you know, use those gifts to make his name known and, 
so what I was doing, you know, was like in my heart to do and none of it was like anything bad, but I just think that it was so gracious of God looking back to know that I would need at this point in my life, the ability to keep enduring faithfully in that. But in order to do that, I believe that he caused that sort of hitting a wall of exhaustion. Honestly, I, I say in the book that I had sort of yesed myself into <laughs> exhaustion. And I really, at that point in my life, didn't know how to say no to things because I was sort of under this um, impression or the, under the illusion that, you know, if I said no to these, some things that, well, what if that didn't lead to this? And what if this, you know, doesn't lead to this? And, and so it's sort of this fear And when I really stopped, when God sort of caused this pause to happen, it was like, wow, I'm, I am trying to control all of these things and I'm trying to hold on to things so that, you know, this might happen or this might happen. And I really, I mean, God revealed, um, that as idolatry, really like holding on to something just in case, you know, he doesn't come through or he doesn't cause things to unfold in the way that I wanted them to. And I talk about my farm. It was like, I call it my farm table epiphany and young motherhood and just sort of hitting that wall of the Lord. He opened up his word to me one morning in Psalm 37 and just began to speak to my heart about what it might look like to live from my first and highest calling which is just as his daughter and as his beloved and how that might reorder everything and change what I'm saying yes to change what I'm saying no to and all those things. And it truly did change the trajectory of my life. That's amazing. You know, on this long drive to Texas yesterday, Jenny had her earbuds in. She was rocking your entire book the whole way. We had a notebook out. She Aww, was really, really diving in and giving me the cliff notes. And so I want you to take a second, if you could, please, and just dive a little deeper into the kind of this farm table epiphany. The moment you talk about the bullseye, mm-hmm. which is kind of the, the crux of this entire project. You know, the project's called The Life You Long mm-hmm. For. And you take us on a beautiful journey of kind of unpacking that and what that's looked like for you. So can you do a little bit deeper dive on the, the farm table epiphany and the bullseye? concept inside of the book. Yeah. Well, that morning, um, as I was sitting there, I tell you that this sort of life shape is what I like to call it, or, you know, kind of this vision, a friend of mine, Lauren Chandler had, um, come up to me after I led worship one night, only a couple of months before this morning, when I, you know, sat with the Lord at my farm table. And as I was reading his word that morning, I love it, how he brought this, bullseye and concentric circles picture back to my mind that Lauren had talked to me about only months before. And, and it was almost like a transparency. It was like that could have been laid over the scripture in front of me. And, you know, we all know verse four really well, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that word give jumped off the page at me for the first time. I had sort of always read that verse, like, you know, if I do this for God, he'll do this for me. But instead, it was like this first time I'd seen it as like, he'll also show us what our desires are and he'll put new desires in us. Like he's both the instiller and the fulfiller. And then it goes on to say, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he'll help you. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause, like the noonday sun. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I kind of take you through all that the Lord spoke to me through this Psalm that morning. But the main sort of point he was making to me was come and live in the, from the bullseye. He's like, what if you just hit the bullseye with me every day? And then I took care of the concentric circles or those outer rings of your life. And I'll, I'll show you my glory. But he's like, you're actually stuck out here in the outermost rings of your life. And you're running ragged. You're trying to do all this stuff for me. You're trying to, you know, uphold what you think I've, you know, asked you to uphold. But he's like, really, all I'm asking you to do is come home and, and live from my heart as my daughter and enjoy me because that's what I created you to do. And all this other stuff, this will come. I'll do all these things for you. I'll hold up your cause. I'll, I'll even uphold the things I've put in you if you'll trust me. And really, it was just a call to come and trust him. He actually brought me back to my gospel story even that morning of just the, that verse, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. That is the verse that he used when I was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on this wall plaque in our house that had mine. Each one of us had one. We had a name on it and it said, Christy, follower of Christ. And then that was the verse. And so I love that he was even bringing me back to my gospel story that morning of like, this isn't just for, yes, like this is about eternity, which is amazing. But my gospel story is also that I've been reconciled to the Father right now mm-hmm. and that I can live from Him right now. And what does that look like? And it doesn't look like running ragged. It looks like, come to me, all you who are weary, I'll give you rest. And it looks like taking on the yoke of Jesus, which I believe is what He was calling me to that day. That's so beautiful. And it's funny, Christy, I texted you months ago when I got the book and it's been sitting on my bedside table and I've picked it up here and there and it's been great. But yesterday on our 12 hour road trip, I literally put the audiobook on when we left. And as we pulled in, I finished it and I highly recommend <laughs> taking it in that way. It was so incredible. And, you know, I've heard you talk about this concept before, but for some reason, you know, God's timing yesterday, it just hit me in such a powerful way. I mean, I had like literal tears rolling down my face. Like it was so mm-hmm. good. And I just, I needed that word right in this season. So and like, you know, I woke up this morning and I felt myself running right to the outer rings, you know, thinking of everything I had to mm-hmm. do today and getting it all in line. And then I remembered, no, you have to start with who you are. So I, I wonder if you could encourage everyone listening. You know, that's everyone. We wake up with our to-do list. It's just kind of how we're wired mm-hmm. naturally. But what are some practical ways that we can recenter when we find ourselves running right to that outer ring, stressed out and running around? Yeah. Um, one of the ways that you, you know this since you've listened, but I open the book with basically saying, you know, to, to the reader or to the listener, if you're listening, you know, what if you and I got to sit down and, and go for coffee and basically what if, you know, a mediator came up and, and he or she says, you know, you guys get to know each other, but in doing so you can't include anything that you do. Um, nothing about, you know, where you work, uh, what you've done or what you hope to do. And also I kind of go on to say, like, as you're getting to know each other without including what you do, um, describe to each other the life that you long for, but you can't include anything that you, you know, any accolades or, you know, sort of places that you'd love to, you know, kind of get to in your career. It's like, what's that life you really long for? 
without any of those things. And so um, I've posed this question actually a couple of different times. One of them was on um, Facebook with actually my book launch team. And, and a lot of them were really frustrated. They were like, I had to get up and go away and like come back the next day because I didn't know how to even introduce myself to someone without including what I do. And so I think one of like a really practical exercise would be like to write that down, like literally get to know who you are in Christ um, without including even what God's called you to do in terms of like even ministry or vocation, but it's like, no, actually come all the way back to who you are just as his child and even place that something somewhere where you can see it, like where you can go back to it and go like, oh, like this is who I am. And I think that when we know that it helps us commune with God in a different way. And so I think what really practically God is calling us to is, is communion with him. And so I talk about it in the book, like that I needed a language to get to know this God. And I talk about going to the Psalms. I really think that it's like the highest of highs. It's the lowest of lows. Uh, The Psalms, if you don't know where to start and just like communicating with God and having that language with him, I think that the Psalms are a wonderful place to start. And you might only have five minutes, uh, 10 minutes, especially, you know, I really like to think my main audience is, is moms, you know, and it's like, I get what it's like. I have three children and know what that's like to not have a ton of time with the Lord. But what I love to think of is like my beginnings in the morning with the Lord, even if I have 10 to 15 minutes, what if that looks like starting a conversation with him that you continue all throughout the day? So whatever scripture you might read, even if it's just one, meditate on that the rest of the day, cause that to sort of be just your beginnings of a conversation that you carry all throughout the day so that you're practicing staying connected to the Lord and communing with him and talking to him about your day as a kid would with their parent, you know, it's kind of coming back to the basics of who you are and your relationship with the father. That's so beautiful. I love that so much. And I love this whole idea that you're talking about living from a place of rest. And I love that you hit on it's not about, it's not an excuse to hide. It's not a living from rest, like ignoring all that he's called you to, but it's like putting yourself under his covering so that he can be the one propelling you out into what he's called you to. So one of the things that you talk mm-hmm. about in the book is walking through a season of winter, a couple seasons of winter, really like dark seasons for you, where you really had to learn about hiding and, and being in his covering, but letting him bring you out. Could you talk about that a little bit about the difference between hiding under God's covering and hiding to protect ourselves? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because we we sometimes don't even know when we're self-protecting or when we're in that season of like, maybe we've, you know, I've been through, I'm even in a winter season again right now with my mom going through cancer. And it's, you know, it's really tempting to sort of hole up, you know, and in your weariness, get out of that, that rhythm of, you know, going to that bullseye every morning, but then emerging out into 
those outer circles of our lives. And in the book, I kind of tell you that the bullseye, you know, is really the calling home of the beloved to live from that every day, every morning. Mm -hmm. And then that next outer ring is the community of the beloved. And then that most outer ring is the capacity of the beloved. And I talk about how the Lord showed me that living from the bullseye, it reclaims those outer rings of our lives. And so we walk into community and into ultimately our capacity from God, rather than if you're living outside in, you're in those outer rings, pushing in towards community and in towards the Lord from a place of barrenness. And so the rhythm we want to get in, obviously, is that living from the bullseye out into community and then taking community with us into capacity. So it's people before productivity, it's community before capacity. But I talk about just how that winter, you know, I was mostly just like in the bullseye and it was like, I'm afraid (laughs) or I'm weary. I don't want to connect with people today. I don't want to live out into those outer rings, but it's neat because the Lord actually used the, I talk about, you know, use the community of the beloved to speak life back into my weary heart. And in even, you know, sometimes he'll even use those people that you've spoken into their lives, you know, and they'll come back and speak life over you. And so I talk about just really, it is the whole rhythm of it is for us to stay awake and to stay enduring faithfully and moving into those outer rings each day. But I also love that the Lord showed me, you know, even I didn't even have this as part of the book, but you know, you guys know, cause you're, you've been writing and it's, you know, sometimes it was just in the process that he showed me, you know, you can look at capacity a couple of different ways. You can look at it as, you know, what we, what you got to get done today, what you got to supply and crank out, or you can look at capacity as being filled up what you can contain or hold. And so I love that, you know, even in seasons of hardship, we are made to be able to receive the fullness of God And that's what the capacity of the beloved really looks like. So yeah, in a winter of our soul, we may not be able to crank out and supply and do all the things that, you know, we need to be doing. Um, But we can in every season receive or hold what God has for us to receive and hold from his heart. And so I, I love that, you know, even if we may not be able to be doing, you know, the things we're where, you know, which right now I'm experiencing, I can't do everything that I'm normally able to do because of just um, needing to be there for my mom. And we're just kind of in this season of rallying, but I do believe that I'm able to hold and receive and contain what God has for me in this season. And it can still keep us in that rhythm of living from the bullseye out into the reclaimed, I like to say, outer rings of our lives into community and capacity in a healthy way rather than staying holed up where we sometimes want to protect ourselves and stay. I I love that. That's so beautiful. And I really hope that people listening will be so encouraged by what you're saying, Christy. 
you know, coming out of last year, out of 2020, I've just, I don't know about you, but I feel like almost everyone in my circle of friends has gone through some of the hardest things that they've ever walked through that had nothing to do with COVID. It's just like the timing of last year for so many people was devastating and they've walked through a winter like you're talking about. But I love, I wrote down one of the things you said in the book, you said, stunning beauty can still rise even through the most devastating winters of our lives. So I just hope that people listening who are walking through that winter of the soul that you're talking about will just be encouraged that they can still bloom by receiving like you're talking about. We don't always feel like Mm -hmm. we can give, but we can always receive from God if we have that posture. So Mm -hmm. I just love that. And I'm so grateful for that, Mm -hmm. that message. Yes. There's such a spillover from that, you know, and I think that's what, that's what living from rest looks like. It's, it's not this like, oh, I'm going to hole up and, you know, kind of, it's not like a chill out rest, which we need that. We need a Sabbath every week, but this is more of like a soul posture. It's a heart posture of living from that place of being filled up, you know, even in those winters, even in what we're living through, um, as a world, it's like a, a, a giant winter of, of our soul as the world right now, yeah. but being able to receive in it and being able to then, you know, cause that to spill over, like the fullness that we're able to receive from God and letting it spill over. It's, it's like a, it's a propelling rest that I think propels us into kingdom things like never before. So it is a beautiful thing. Just the way that God has made his beloved be able to live. Um, his principles, I always say his way, his way works. Um, even when we don't understand what he's doing, it, there's always fruit from it. Absolutely. So good. So Chrissy, I always love to ask this question. What is your hope when people pick up this book and they're done reading, what do you hope they experience or thinking and feeling and, you know, kind of just their general thought process coming out of the book. Yeah, I think that, you know, our identity can get so intertwined with what we do. And so my hope is, you know, I think that if there's anything that the enemy of our soul is coming after right now, it's identity and community. And I believe that that's something that needs to be fiercely protected in these days. And I believe it starts with understanding it. And so I hope that this book will help people understand more about who they truly are in Christ and what that looks like to live as his beloved, as a son and a daughter, and that their life and their work and their calling can spill over from that place. I think that a lot of exhaustion has set in at this point for a lot of people of God and and pastors even and people in ministry. And we've got to protect our ability to live from God. We've got to protect our ability to endure in these days. And I believe that it starts with understanding more of who we really are and that it starts with being the beloved of God and understanding that we're, we're loved sons and daughters And that so much is made to spill over from that understanding and that place of abundance and to live from that. So good. Thank you. All right. Well, before we wrap, we always like to ask three final questions. Are you ready? (laughs) Oh, I'm ready. I guess. (laughs) This is going to be a bonus for everybody. Jenny tells me that there's a gift that you have that 
that many oh, people don't. Yes, little known fact for everyone listening about Christy Knuckles is that she can <laughs> kill a fly with her bare fingertips in midair. This is a hidden talent I've watched her do with my own oh my eyes. Gosh. And I know it's a talent because I have, Chris can attest to this, I've tried at least a million times and I cannot do it. So it's your hidden gift. Yeah, Jenny looks a little crazy right around the house. Trying to, I'm like, what are you doing there? Oh my Christy God. can do it. I'm like, oh, okay. That's hilarious because you were, it was, we were at this birthday dinner and you were just talking about how you're just, you know, getting used to, you're going to live in the country. And, and here I am. I just literally, there was like a fly in my face and I just like caught it midair. You were like, I need to know your ways, <laughs> your country ways. I guess that's oh what my happens goodness. when you live in the country for a while. <laughs> you get those. Yep. So funny. So funny. All right. Let's jump in. <laughs> Question number one. What's a book that's changed your life? Oh, my goodness. It's a toss-up between A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God, or yes. Abiding in Christ, Andrew Murray. Both of them I go back to year after year. Um, abiding in Christ I it's I think it's set up as a devotional, which it takes me three days to do one day. It just I I thought that I had really explored John 15 and what that really means, but oh my goodness, I had no idea. I mean, I have the version that they rewrote so that you can understand him a little bit more. Um, so I would say if you if you get it, make sure that you get the version that is kind of more contemporary language. But still, I mean, even with that, I have to like slow down and read it <laughs> very intentionally. But it really spurred a lot of songs out of that place. Probably the whole Let, Let It Be Jesus record. You can hear a lot of abiding in Christ uh, themes throughout that whole album it spurred on a lot nice that's so cool i love that okay the second question is what is a habit that has changed your life a habit that has changed my life i mean not to promote my book again but (laughs) (laughs) okay but do it but But i mean Honestly, like just an outlook of, of rest, it's caused me to really, when I say rest, it's trust and surrender, but trusting God with, um, even my book launch, things like that. It's just, it's caused me to just pry my fingers from (laughs) the earthly and things that I feel like I think, or I think I have control over, um, but just a practice of living as a daughter first and, it's helped me, like it's informed my yeses and nos, and it's a habit. I will say that I return to every morning and it, it's just a posture or a, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I'll be like, Hey, Nathan, I got to go get my head on straight. And <laughs> that's a habit that, and that's just being in his word, but, or just like coming back to him and going, okay, this is the first thing that matters. Is that I'm your daughter today? And it, that habit has caused me to trust him in a different way. Yeah. Does Nathan ever look at you and say, yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah, totally. All the time. Uh, Um, Yeah. Duh. Glad you both realize that. (laughs) He's great. He's grateful when I go away and learn to live as a daughter because it makes his life easier too. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Amen to that. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Question number three. Uh, What advice would you give to the younger Christy? Oh my goodness. 
you don't have to try so hard to belong because you you already belong. Like if I could look at 20-year-old me, and I would have told you at that point, like I'm not trying to belong. But I would, I would be like, no, look in my eyes, <laughs> um, you know, because yeah. it's just you don't even you don't think you're on that trajectory. But in the subtlest of ways, that's how like the drifting began, you know, it just or it begins because I've had several seasons of drifting, but it's just like don't drift off into this like you don't have to attach yourself to these things in order to belong but i think it would just be like and i remember when that happened to me like i i talk about it in the book of just like kind of the spiritual mom's heart was birthed in me because i found myself with 24 year olds in my living room who wanted to be worship leaders and i was saying the same things to them like literally saying it to them you don't have to try so hard you already belong you're a loved daughter so it's that's what I would say to myself. I love that. That's a good word. For love all it. So good. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Um, where can people find you, follow you, stalk you, all those things, and get, <laughs> and get this book? <laughs> oh, yeah. Christineocles.com. Um, N-O-C-K-E-L-S. It's a hard one. Um <laughs> But you can actually, I had a friend who spent a lot of time on my website. If you, if you click on music, he has like, I think every record cover I've ever been a part of, like it's on there, including all the passion records. And he took time on that. So it's fun. You can find a lot of like really, really old music. Cause I'm old. And then, um, no, you're not. yeah, at, <laughs> at Christine. <laughs> and then I'm on Instagram, mostly at Christine Ockles. Okay, um, perfect. you can keep up with me there. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll link to all of that in the show notes for all the listeners so they can check out all of that thank you so much for being here friend i'm so glad we finally made it work this was so wonderful yes thank y'all so much especially i'm assuming you're on spring break or yes whatever but thank you yes we are <laughs> yeah we'll be in texas for the week oh i love it awesome thanks homie thank y'all y'all have a great week you too thank you friend Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode blessed you, and we'd love to hear from you. Take a minute, leave us a review on iTunes, hit us up on our website, letsliveitwell.com, or come find us on social media. We love hearing how these conversations are speaking to you. Also, you can find all the info for today's episode, all the books and links mentioned in our show notes over at our website, letsliveitwell.com. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. We're going to close this show out like we always do. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it well. well.